Welcome to the big show. He could go all the way. Oh, America, are you serious? It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Lunatic Podcast. I am your host, Josh Blair. It's been a couple of weeks since our last one, since the first game of the season. We've had a few games now to take a good look at what these Leafs are and what they're going to be. Of course, we'll start out with the positives. Austin Matthews is second in the league right now with 10 points. He's got six goals, four assists, and... Thank goodness for that first game that really boosts his stats to begin with. But he's kept up pretty well, uh, playing quite nicely on his line with Nylander. And Nylander himself is tied for fifth in the league right now with nine points. Four goals for Nylander. He's got that wicked little wrist shot, likes to shoot it right from the top of the dot. They're working out really well together on the power play especially. And they continue to get better and better as the days go on. We'll see defensively. I have Nylander's had his issues in the defensive zone. I wish they would both be a little bit stronger on the puck or maybe stronger on the body. Last night, we had Steven Stamkos make his first debut in signing his long-term contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And for a lot of us Leafs lunatics out there, we were pretty disappointed that he didn't sign with the Leafs. There's a lot of players out there who, when they have the opportunity to come back home to Toronto, they don't take it. And it's tough for us Leafs lunatics who have been watching this team, this franchise struggle for years, to find top-end talent. But luckily, with the rise of Austin Matthews, Nylander... Marner, that blow doesn't hit quite as hard with Stamkos not signing with the Leafs. But it still puts up a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. And there's part of you as a hardcore Leafs fan, you don't want to see Stamkos succeed. I know I'd rather see the Leafs win a cup before Stamkos, just to rub it in his face a little bit, show him that he should have maybe came home. But in a way, you can't really blame him. He spent his whole career down there. Nice weather, beaches, out of the limelight for the most part. And he's on a really good team right now. Maybe the best team in the league. So when he shows up, it would be nice for the Leafs to... be nice for them to win and maybe stifle him a bit. But of course, that didn't happen. Stamkos comes out of there with two goals, two assists. And... Getting back to some of the defensive play by Matthews and Nylander in particular, we saw a play where, I think it was his first shift of the night, Stamkos runs a Leaf player into the boards from behind, and Matthews is right behind him, and he does nothing. He just stands and looks 
at Stamkos, and Stamkos looks at him back like, what are you going to do about it? Matthews does nothing. Stick checks him, gets the puck, ends up throwing the puck away, turns it over. Stamkos gets it, ironically, and quickly puts it in the back of the net for the first goal of the night. And that's a play that could have completely been avoided had Matthews taken out Stamkos. He even have started a scrum. He just boarded your player. But Matthews maybe doesn't have the confidence yet to do that, or he just doesn't have that personality to do it ever, which is unfortunate. Because I think what the Leafs really want is that true leader who's going to stick up for his players and be a goal scorer and a go-getter, a Wendell Clark type. But you can't have everything, I guess. But it would be nice to see some of that physicality come out, and I think that's where some of the lapses down low are happening for Nylander and Matthews. They like to stick check, but this isn't peewee hockey. There are times when you're going to have to lay the body, take out the man in front of the net, play a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more physical, and avoid those turnovers down low. But offensively, they've been really fast, really good at causing turnovers in the offensive zone, really good at getting the puck towards the net, and really good at cycling the puck down low. And that's where they're generating some of the most offense in the entire league. But offense isn't everything. And although the Leafs have started out with one of the best seasons in years, goals-wise, they're putting up practically twice as many goals a night as they were last year at this time. But you can't win hockey games if you can't keep it out of the back of your net. And so that's where all the positivity of Matthews and Nylander and the offensive production goes by the wayside. Again, we're seeing goal after goal on Anderson. And I said it on the last podcast to start out the year. He struggled right out of the gate. Couldn't help Matthews with his historical night of four goals. He wasn't there for him to be able to backstop them and help them get that win. And he hasn't been able to ever since, really. And from that first podcast, I was talking about how a lot of the analysts and a lot of the the beat reporters and media types and the coaches, the players, everyone really was talking about how, you know, it's his first game of the year. He started off with an injury. He missed a majority of training camp. And for me, it didn't do enough to put away those fears because he had played, I think it was two and a half games in the preseason, and he looked really shaky. And you can chalk those ones up to being preseason and his injury, and maybe even the first game of the year. But now we're six games in. He's played five of those six games, and he's only won one of them. And the rest of them... He's let in five or more goals. Five or more goals in four of the five games he's played. I mean, I could probably strap on the pads and not even move and have a better chance than what Freddie Anderson's doing right now. 
And the really sad thing is the Leafs could have started off 5-0. and They went into the third period of the first five games with a lead. Every single time. And four of those five games, they blew that lead. You'd think that the Game 7 in Boston a few years ago where the Leafs blew that unbelievable 4-1 lead and ended up losing in overtime could never happen again. And hopefully it'll never happen again at playoff level. But we've seen it happen a few times now just to start the season. 4 nothing lead over Winnipeg. And as soon as Winnipeg scores one, you can almost feel it like they're going to come back. Which should never be the feeling. I mean, if you're a uh, Blackhawks fan, a Penguins fan, and your team's winning 4 nothing. You, you don't have a thought in your mind that the other team's going to come back and possibly tie it, let alone win. You shut off the TV because you know it's over. But not with the Leafs. This is when the game just gets going. As soon as the other team scores and there's life, you're just preparing for the blowout. And Anderson has continued to struggle. And we don't know when he's going to turn it around. Uh, he says it's mental, which it probably is. It makes the most sense. He's healed from his injury. I mean, he's in a new place. He's in a new town. He's surrounded by the most media and the most fans he's ever had to deal with, especially coming from Anaheim. But we saw this with Bernier last year. You're given the reins as the number one. You can't do it you've never had that opportunity that true opportunity and we saw it with Bernie giving it right back to Reimer last year and you wonder what's going to happen with Anderson because he has been given the true reins he's been given a five-year five million dollar a year contract he is the go-to guy there is no other option at this point and he needs to turn it around because it's going to start to hurt the confidence of the young players. These guys are throwing up crazy points and they're not getting any wins out of it. And what you really don't want to see is, now that the Leafs have finally done a bit of a rebuild here and they're starting to really stack up the prospects, you don't want them to do what the Oilers have done for the past decade and a half and have some of the greatest skill around but no goaltending, no defense, and no wins. And then they lose their confidence. They can't play in that city. you got to get rid of them. Bye-bye Yakupov. <laughs> Bye-bye Taylor Hall. We really don't want to see that happen here, so we have to get this going. And I don't know what it takes. I mean, hopefully he's got a sports psychologist working with him. You would think he would at this level. And the amount of money they have for resources off the ice. He's really got to figure this thing out. Because he's struggling right now. He's shaky in that. And the main thing, I can't even go into specific goals because there's just too many to list. But you can really see it in the rebound control. He's had a, a number of goals have gone in where it's a shot from the point. Hits his glove. He should have snagged it, but he doesn't. Pops out right in front of the net. And there's someone there to whack it in. Or it hits him in the pads. Again, just bad rebound. Somebody's there to bang it in. 
He's getting scored on a lot from rebounds in front of the net. And you can take some of the blame away from Anderson and say that it should be the defense clearing out the man in front. Should be the defense clearing that puck out of the front of the net. And the defense just haven't been there for him, which is true. The Leafs defense has their own issues. And we'll get to that. But on the flip side, you've signed this guy, $25 million contract for five years, to be your number one. And he might not be elite, but he has to be a top-end goaltender for you. And when you have all these young players and a young defensive core, you need that goalie to bail them out, to make them look better than they actually are. And to take some of the pressure off of them so that they don't have to worry that every time they miss a man, it's going in the back of their net. And that just hasn't been the case. Every mistake a defense makes, Anderson's making a, a mistake as well. He's not there for them to support them, and it's going in. And you'd really like to see that change to boost some of the confidence of the defensive players on the Leafs, but it's just, it's just not happening. So something has to happen quick with Anderson. <laughs> it can't get to the point of Bernier last year going down for a conditioning stint with the Marlies. That's not going to happen. It didn't really seem to do Bernier much good anyway. So we, who knows what has to happen here with Anderson, but he has really got to shake this off and shake it off quick, especially when your team is putting up four goals a night and you're not even getting any Ws out of it. It just can't happen especially to this young team. And a lot of us Leafs lunatics, we look at past transactions that have hurt the Leafs. You know, you look at not getting to harass, giving him up. You look at the signings of the Raycrofts and the Vesatoskalas and even Bernier, for that matter. All these goalies have just completely failed. And you look at the transactions and what they gave up to get nobody's in return. And they've really committed to Anderson. So you look at what they had with James Reimer, who played here for six years, grew up in the lease organization. And when they made that decision to get rid of Reimer and eventually sign Anderson to the five years, $25 million, Anderson had a 914 save percentage. Sorry, a 915 save percentage. Reimer had a 914 save percentage. It's a difference of that small amount. I mean, if you think about a thousand shots, that's one goal difference. That's nothing. But they decided that Anderson was the right choice. And you could see maybe where he's a big body, six foot four. 230 pounds he's big in the net he in the past has looked really calm in the net he doesn't move around and squirm as much as maybe Reimer did in the past although I think Reimer really got rid of that last year he seemed to settle down the net a lot wasn't flopping around as much but I'll just go over the stats with you right now so when Anderson played he's only played 130 games Reimer's played 217 Almost 100 more than Anderson. So you have a lot more clear picture of what Reimer is and what he's going to be than you do with Anderson. So Anderson's a bit more of a gamble. 
And Anderson's a year younger. He's 27. Reimer's 28. If you look at Anderson's stats when he played with Anaheim, he had a 918 save percentage with a 2.38 goals against average. When Reimer was with the Leafs for those six seasons, he had a 914 save percentage and a 283 goals against average. Pretty similar, but the big difference is Reimer was playing against one of the bottom place teams in the league for almost every single year, whereas Anderson was playing for a team with one of the best defensive cores, one of the strongest teams up front, and a team that for the past number of years has always been in the top half a dozen teams predicted to win the Stanley Cup. And so he's playing for one of the top teams in the league. Reimer's playing for the very worst team in the league in most cases, yet their stats are almost the same. And you wonder what would happen had Reimer been playing in front of a good team. Well, he only played a few games for San Jose when he was traded last year, but as soon as he got there, he put up a 938 save percentage and a 162 goals against average for a good team. So imagine what he would be able to do in front of this Leafs team. We'll never know now. And to start the season, I mean, you can't completely blame Anderson. The goals are up in the league. And if you look at the stats, just comparing them this year, I mean, Reimer's only gotten in a couple of times because he's the backup behind Luongo, but he's putting up an 880 save percentage, 290 goals against average. Compared to Anderson's 851 save percentage, 4.29 goals against average for the Leafs this year. It's pathetic. It's brutal. And the Leafs just simply can't win games like that. And you hear the Leafs at the end of the game saying, oh, we're going to learn from this. You know, we, we just haven't figured out how to how to win yet. We haven't learned how to win. Well, that's BS. You've played your entire life at the top levels and you've won at the top levels to get to where you are today, and you're telling me with your competitive spirit to be able to beat out the thousands of other kids out there to make it to this league level, you don't know how to win? You don't know how to hold on to a lead? You don't know how to compete for that win? It should be second nature. So don't tell me that you just haven't learned how to win yet. Maybe chalk it up to some defensive lapses and some breakdowns mentally, but it's not because you don't know how to win. And the players can't come out and blame everything on the goalie, and it's not 100% the goalie's fault every time. Few goals ever are. But really, something needs to happen here and quick, because they can't go on letting in five goals a game and hope to win games. We've had, we had this problem last year and the years past where we were talking about three or four goals game going in and not having a chance to win. Well, now we're talking about five. Last night it was seven. So you really wonder what Lou Lamorell and Leafs management had in mind here. They decided to give up Reimer and go for Anderson. Hope and pray that he would be the savior for the Leafs. When... The stats are really so similar. 
And here, Reimer's given a five-year deal as well at $3.4 million a year to play as Luongo's backup. And Luongo's 37. He has six years left on his massive deal. But you, you would think that Reimer's going to sort of take over the reins at some point here in the next few years, and that's why they've signed him to this five-year deal. One of the other things with the goaltending and the Leafs management and what they've done, and what a lot of people reference, is the deal that Lou Lamorello made when he was with the New Jersey Devils to acquire Corey Schneider from Vancouver. Made that deal seemingly out of thin air. Pretty incredible that Vancouver would give up Corey Schneider, who looked like a really good up-and-coming goaltender, and now he's settled in as a league goaltender in this league. And a lot of people like to compare that signing to the Anderson signing and say that Lou Lamorello knows what he's looking for in a goaltender. He has a good track record of it. He had Broder for years, one of the best goaltenders of all time. And he makes that deal for Corey Schneider. But... If you look at the stats back then, Corey Schneider, similarly to Anderson, had played 98 games for Vancouver, Anderson 130 with Anaheim. But Corey Schneider had a 927 save percentage compared to 918 for Anderson. He had a 2.20 goals against average for Vancouver. I think it's safe to say that you know what you're getting out of Corey Schneider. Those stats are already elite level, and he's shown to be elite level goaltender. Whereas Anderson's stats are average. A 918, barely above average. Right around average. And he's playing for one of the best teams in the league, and he has those stats. And then you bring him over to one of the worst teams in the league, one of the toughest markets to play for goaltenders over the past decade. And we're all hoping that he's going to turn into this elite-level goaltender. And you have to think that the Leafs management has the same thought in mind when they gave him $25 million to play here. Or they wouldn't have made such a long-term commitment. They're hoping that he's going to turn into a Corey Schneider, an elite goaltender. Yet they've made this choice based on one hell of a gamble when you look at his stats with one of the best teams in the league. we got to hope that Freddie's going to turn this around soon. And then there's the problem with the defensive core. I mean, this defense is not up to shore. You know, they're to blame for a few of these goals every night, too. Really, all you've got is Riley Gardner and Zaitsev. The rest of them are borderline NHL players on a good team. And... I mean, if you're hoping that the Leafs are going to maybe somehow snag Lindholm out of Anaheim, you can kiss that dream goodbye because the Ducks signed up Lindholm today. Truba's still out there. I mean, he seems like he'd be a great fit for the Leafs with that physicality, uh, his touch around the net. He's got a chance of scoring in most games. He's good at moving the puck. He's big and physical, and that's what the Leafs need. He would work out really well on the right side with Riley. But obviously, Winnipeg doesn't want to give him up for nothing. And just because Truba wants out of Winnipeg, Winnipeg 
holds all the cards right now. And they're asking for a lot. And they want another top-end young defenseman, left-handed, in return. And really the only one that the Leafs could afford to give up, they're not giving up Riley, would be Gardner. But I don't even think that the Winnipeg Jets would sniff at Gardner when you compare him to how good Truba is. And the nice thing with the Leafs right now is they are loaded up on young prospects. They have such a good talent pool of forwards coming up. They have the assets to make a deal. <laughs> Maybe not so much with defensive assets, but for sure the forward assets. So you got to wonder if the Leafs are thinking about pushing the button, making something happen here. Or are they just going to ride this out? I don't think Babcock wants another year of purposeful losing for draft picks for the future. I think Babcock, us Leafs lunatics, casual Leafs fans, we want to see the Leafs starting to progress upwards. Even if that doesn't mean the playoffs this year, it would be nice to see them at least competing for a spot instead of competing for the best lottery spot. And the way Anderson's playing and the way their defensive lineup is looking right now, it's going to be hard to do that. They've, they've got to figure something out. We got Hunwick out tonight with a bit of an injury. Marincin's coming in. He's been practically useless. Babcock seems to like him because of his size. But he doesn't play a physical game. We saw that with that line A goal. Could have knocked him on his ass. Instead, line A turns around like it's nothing. And one of the youngest rookies in the league snipes it by one of the biggest defensemen on the Leafs team. Shouldn't happen. That's a huge problem for the Leafs with those defensemen. And you got to wonder what's going to happen. Corrado still hasn't gotten in there, but he's a borderline player again as well. Clearly Babcock doesn't like him quite as much as Marincin. But that's the problem with this team and with this defensive core. It's their lack of physicality. And when you go back to those days, days of Wendell and the days of Darcy hitting and fighting, I mean, I know the game's changed, but you need a bit of that fire on your team. And you need it out of some of your top-end players. Not everybody can be a little, a small little Marner who's not going to ever drop the gloves. He's not ever going to make a hit. You can't have a team of Kessels and win. You just can't. And that's what's really interesting for me. So you see these young guys, they're not physical. They don't like to hit. They don't like to take a hit. And even if this team, the way it's set up now, were able to make it into the playoffs, it'd be really interesting to see how much chance they would have when they're playing against these other grinders out there, Boston-type teams of the past, who are going to physically tear them down. And I guess that's what a lot of people saw happening in the San Jose and Pittsburgh matchup last year in the Stanley Cup Finals. And it didn't quite work out, but Pittsburgh played them grittier game than I think a lot of people expected. And if you look at the Marlies team last year, they were poised to be one of the best teams of all time in the AHL. A lot of people thought they were going to go on to win the AHL playoffs to call their cup. And they were knocked out before they could even make it to the finals. 
And one of the biggest problems with that is you're full of high-end skill, but small players who don't want to play physical. And when you have these other teams who get in your face and they're not afraid to lay you out, it totally changes the game. It wears on you physically. It wears on you mentally. And building a team like this, I don't know that they're going to have the success they want in the playoffs until they can start getting some players who are skilled and fearless out there. And you sort of see that with the player like Sashnikov. He seems like he's got a great shot. He was making hits. He's like the physical and skilled version of a Komarov, I guess. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets up here soon. He's been injured. He's down with the Marlies. He's got to make his way up here, but... I mean, the Leafs are making these signings. They got Griffith. They got Smith off of waivers. Smith played the other night. He's been with the Leafs and the Marlies before. <laughs> He's barely an NHL player. They're using him for the PK. Griffith is going to get the start tonight. We'll see if he can bring anything to the table. But you look at the Marlies right now, you got Leipzig and Kapanen leading the league in points. One and two, respectively, in points. Kapanen, I thought, had a great preseason. He really looked good out there. At times, I thought he looked a lot better than even Nylander, although Nylander's starting to light the lamp more often. Um, Leipzig, different story. He's putting up points like crazy. He hasn't been able to completely replicate that in the NHL. I don't know if he ever will. He's so small. The Leafs are already small. They can't build around five foot nine guys and expect to do well and compete in the playoffs. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves talking about playoffs, but you got to think about it a little bit when we're building this team. Hopefully, they're going to be able to figure some of these things out. It'd be really nice to see a trade happen here for a high end defenseman. If not, we're going to have to ride out this season. It's going to be another lost cause unless Anderson gets it together. And unfortunately, we're going to have to witness another brutal year. <laughs> Hopefully they'll draft an amazing defenseman next year who can come into the league at 18, 19 years old, but that just doesn't seem to happen anymore, especially with defensemen, especially with the way the Leafs want to run things this year and going forward, so... We'll cross our fingers and hope. Looking for a big win tonight against Florida Panthers. Reimer's back in town. Doesn't look like he's going to get to play. I don't know why they would do that. It's kind of unfortunate for all of us Reimer fans. This is Josh Blair. This has been the Leafs Lunatic Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Leafs Lunatic. Send me your emails to leafslunatic at gmail.com leafslunatic at gmail.com I'll put your questions on air we can get together I will get you on the show you want to share your thoughts about the Leafs what you see happening what you want to see happen with this team thank you for joining me I'll see you next time